Never fade the NFT podcast. We're back. I'm with what? my guy, Good Month ETH. What's good, Goody? What are we never fading today, facts? What are we going to crack into? I got to admit, I've been dead for the past five days. I'm I'm newly I'm newly revised post virus. I was in bed for way too long. Can't even remember a time I was in bed that long. But I missed a bunch. Like when I went in, when I went in to the sickness, there was the Binance FUD. Where's the FUD now? When I came out, I missed I missed the the houndsman. I got a lot. I got a lot to catch up on, but I got a lot of takes as well because there's a lot of things that people are not paying attention to. Yeah, at the he's same got vein. takes. They try to take take him out. They try to send you to the burn address, but they don't know you've been through the FUD before. You've been through the fire and the flames. You're newly minted. You're a newly minted champion today, and we're going to get some takes out of you. That's what we do on this podcast. You know, that's that's why we're here to hear good month eat, pick his brain, get his takes before anybody else can and share them with the world. Let's go. Ape staking. Are we digging into that? Yeah, we're going to dig into that for sure. But first, let me ask you, did you see I know you were in bed, you were caught up. Did you see these Trump NFTs? Well, I did, and I was late on them. I thought, you know, just interesting. There's so many things that that were interesting about the Trump NFT. Like, I first found out about it because I got a text from someone who's not in the space. You know, we, we like to call them the normies. I got a text from them, like, and it was just like, hey, good job with this one. You know, it was a little troll. And I was like, hmm you know, must be just another, you know, because there are so many celebrity mints that happen that I'll never catch wind of, you know, it's, it hits this on this mainstream level, like that Chris Brown NFT that like didn't sell out. And people are like, Oh, NFTs are dead because Chris Brown couldn't sell his NFT. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know. So the fact that, you know, a normie hit me up about this Trump NFT, I thought, it wouldn't even penetrate into the crypto Twitter circle. I thought it was just going to be one of those things that was just on the out on the outsides. Yeah, then there's a I lot of kinda... stuff we never even heard of for sure on V oh, yeah. and other things like oh other yeah chains yeah yeah. And so uh, you know, I I thought this was just going to be another one of those, but then it it hit top ten on OpenSea, and it was an enormous supply, like forty five thousand. And it pumped, and it, and I mean, it goes to show the utility to meet this guy uh, brought a lot of people out of the woodwork. Like last time I checked, it was thirty four percent unique wallets. So thirty four percent on forty five thousand, you know, you're looking at about fifteen k wallets coming out to mint on Polygon of all, you know, of all uh, chains, like. What do we think? How many how many crypto native wallets are there and how many net new wallets did 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 we get to enter the space? Yeah, exactly. That's the question, right? That's what I was seeing. You know, personally, like I wasn't going to mint it uh, just because the art was so low effort, albeit funny. Uh, but look, it was holding down the number one spot on OpenSea for like a minute, dude. Like all these projects, all this stuff. And you got Trump's bogus NFT at the top of the list. But like you said, it brought new wallets in the space. 
what an onboarding tool. And it kind of seems like he, he must have flipped his stance on NFTs and crypto when he realized he could line his pockets a little bit. And, you know, a lot of people follow Trump and his moves and they're on Team Trump. And if they're on Team NFTs and on Team Crypto too, hey, I'm not going to be mad at that at all. So that's kind of interesting thing that happened. Um, obviously, they pulled back. But I do, I think the floor hit like 0.8 ETH or maybe even approached like 1 ETH on a 45K collection. Can you even believe that? No, I can't even imagine. I mean, like pixel vault needs to take some notes on how to manage <laughs> supply right <laughs> like i don't i it was it, it was really incredible and i think it, it it was such a meta moment the way he announced it was like i it was like he was announcing his presidential candidacy or he was going to announce the vp but instead he's like i'm launching an nft what, what was interesting too is like he's talking about trading cards like we don't really know what you know are, is the purpose of these things to be traded and collected i guess so that's like, the thing that's i we got to give him credit because number one his shill video was elite dude it was like obviously his corny is fuck but like it was it did the job man it, as far as the target audience and getting the message out and then he just simply described it as a digital collectible it's a fucking collectible it's just like a trading card put it in your wallet hold it look at it don't expect anything else from it and hey you know what sometimes it's that simple and sometimes keeping it simple is a way to go you know all right, right. And I mean, I've been talking to brands out there left and right that are taking a kind of similar approach to the NFT thing. And it's interesting because the approach is, hey, we're still going to do the same business we do, but we want to provide some receipts of purchase. We want to provide proofs of purchase and just have NFTs as lead behind. And I'll ask the question like, are these fixed supply? Are you trying to like keep them scarce? And they're like, nah, no. We just want to just give more. Just give more digital things with the purchase they already did. And I'm like, huh, okay. Like it's a take. And I think it's also a take when you look at like the digitally native generations that are coming up. And for those of you that don't know what like digitally native means, digitally native means people who are using digital products or technology before they can read. Like put that in perspective, right? So there are brands out there that are like needing to communicate to these digitally native generations sooner than not. And it just looks like the baby boomers might've just kind of got their first dose of the way digital native people buy with these Trump TGCs, these trading game cards. Let's go. The thing is, dude, like I don't like to check my mailbox because every time I do... There's a bunch of stuff that goes straight to the garbage, you know? And what is it? It's different type of promotions. It's people turning their brand into spam. And that's the, the main caution, right, towards brands. It's like, that's cool, man. You want to be in Web3? We want you to be in Web3. You know, we're happy to hold your hand through this as well. But let's just make sure those leave-behinds, those NFTs that you drop in, uh, don't turn your brand into spam because that's not what you know, is really going to do do the job for you and let three and engage people. So 
I don't know. It's it's appropriate to call out what this Trump thing is like. I personally look at this as completely apolitical. Like I know that there's money that is going in and lining Trump's pockets, but I also know that Trump is going to get his pockets lined in any other promotional way out there. So I think like when we talk about this, I think it's really it's 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 a it's important to clarify that I don't think we have any political affiliation with who's dropping anything like we are pro putting things on chain we are pro bringing liquidity into the space and we're not dumb like we know that lining pockets of people of power can have a chain reaction on other effects like money can then be used in other ways but we do, you know, that's life. And that's what we do every day when we fund a project. We're trusting the person to take the money and be the custodian of that money to do something that isn't evil, you know, but we can't really control that. And so I think it's important to call out in this space, like we are not necessarily trying to look, you know, third transaction down the chain of these type of drops. Like we are curious and interested in culture and we're curious and interested in the way that the digital world can be interacted with. And we're not going to block off a political consumer base because of that. I don't know. You have any thoughts on that? Yeah. And to your point, like, you know, people are going to contribute funds to, you know, politicians, especially to 45. You know, Trump is great at fundraising and absolutely like the utility of dinner with him or being around him. That's what people usually like want to try to sign up for and, and donate. You know, there, there was a, a dinner in Newport beach, uh, you know, when he was running that I know a lot of people, you know, lined up to, to hand him money. And, you know, so maybe some people will, you know, get to do that uh, through the use of this NFT. But I think the thing that's net bullish here apolitically is more wallets, onboarding, more awareness. And I mean, once you get mainstream mindset thinking about crypto and talking about NFTs in not just the light of FUD, not just what's going on with FTX, not just scam, not just fraud, but we could talk a little bit about, wow, like the former president of the United States is endorsing the purchasing of an NFT, like that has a lot of magnitude. And yeah. like, I think it's net bullish for the space, period. Yeah, and I also think it's like important to call out is, is that if you are entering this digital realm of Web3, you're interested in the metas. You're interested in the way landscape shifts with culture and it happens rapidly. So you kind of can't, you know, why we call this podcast never fade because you can't fade things that have a foothold on culture, whether that foothold on culture is going to last two days or whether that foothold on culture is going to last 18 months or longer. You can't fade things that work, even if they have a short shelf life. And so I think it's really important to call out that, you know, we've been through this for the last 24 months within this space where things happen and they work and they ruffle people's feathers and people get upset about them, but we work through them because it's, 
it's a fabric of our culture and we learn from them and we borrow things from them and we move on. And I'm calling this out because I had a weird situation with these Trump NFTs. Like a part of me still feels like I should own one. It it's a point in time. It's yeah, it's history. It, it it's history. history on the blockchain. It's history within our politics. And then, you know, one thing that I did, I, I went and checked out Pepe's uh dot WTF to go see like how they were responding to this. Because there okay. is a Trump card on Pepe.wtf or the Pepe marketplace that is a that you know it's a series one card um that is kind of in high regard. I wanted to see if they popped yeah, off I've seen in, that. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to see if they popped off in result to this. And they did. Three of them they sold. Did. And, and typically oh. they don't they don't sell like hotcakes. Like right. those are very diamond-handed holders in the series one card uh Pepe collection. And they did, like they popped off and sold. And and that that's those little cultural ticks that that I, I look for, those type of like sale indicators of um, you know, when we look back on this, like it, what does that say about where we were in the world at the time that Trump lost Trump dropped his NFT and how it affected older age Trump NFTs in a more solidified collector market that's powered by Bitcoin when Trump dropped something on Polygon. Like these are things to watch and look out for. Same time though, there were fake rare drops that happened just two days after of Pepe fake rare artists that um, were dropping Trump, you know, fake rares. One of them was an image of Trump's like thumbnail on the OpenSea collection. And it was like a, a fake rare artist's advocating to not buy so it was like an image of trump and his power stance in that like you know elon twitter pfp looking iron man suit whatever it is and the fake rare artist wrote like you know don't buy so that was like the rare pepe's stance as a protest was like okay i'm not you know i'm gonna do the people thing where i'm gonna like drop Trump as a cultural reference, but I'm going to like put an image of don't buy. And then there was another fake rare, rare Pepe artist that just leaned into it heavy and was just like, you know, blew the Trump. Yeah. Politically horn. influenced <clears throat> art, you know, goes, goes back a long time. And, you know, in, in general, like this is a super interesting thing. And now our producer, Hazy B uh, at Hazel B Jordan on Twitter he pointed out, though, he shared a link uh, to a tweet that stated that this collection was dropped by the same team that was going to drop Sylvester Stallone's collection. I guess that that never did mint out. I saw it. It was pretty funny. If it did mint out, I might take another look at it because, like, you know, I'm a Rambo and Rocky, like, fan growing up, you know? So, like, I'll be a fanboy on slide for a minute. Um, so speaking of politics, last week we had Board Ape G on the podcast. Fast. He's running for the Ape Coin Special Council, right? Truth. For the Dow. For the Truth. Dow. And Truth. we're gonna get into Ape Coin a lot today. We're gonna get into staking a little bit later. But for now, let's let's talk more about this Dow because yeah. I feel like this is super duper important because of how much money is in this treasury. So let's just start there. Let's start there. 
Yeah. So 470 M's. Yeah, man. ApeCoin has a total allocation of a billion tokens. One B. 62% of that was allocated to what's called an ecosystem fund. So 620 million ApeCoin. 150 million of those were already distributed to Board Ape, Mutant Ape, and Board Ape Kennel Club holders via the claim that happened earlier this year, uh, right at the beginning of April or the end of March of 22. And so 150 million of that ecosystem fund is in distribution in the hands of apes, whatever they chose to do with it. And another 470 million of it was locked into the Dow for treasury. Now of that 117 million were unlocked at launch and then another 7.3 million unlock monthly for 48 months. Okay, so we got a big ass fucking treasury of ApeCoin. Okay, ApeCoin, last time I checked, is trading around 350. So this is, you know, over a B. You know, we got over a billion dollars in this in this DAO, which is ridiculous. And ultimately, like there's a, a team of people. I don't know if that you call it a team, is decentralized, a group of people that are in place to govern that DAO. Now, originally they were put in place. Can you talk about kind of like the foundation of this DAO and this group of people who are currently uh, the ApeCoin Special Council? Yeah, the ApeCoin Special Council was appointed. It was not elected. It was appointed by Yuga Lab Connections that felt that they would be great stewards for the first tranche of this DAO. And so <clears throat> the people on this board, Dean Steinbeck, Yatsu, uh, Maria Bajois, Amy Wu, and Alexis Ohanian uh, were the stewards of that. Now, I think that, you know, when I first saw this come through, this was my only kind of gut punch for the ApeCoin DAO. When ApeCoin released and they announced this DAO, it was such a big treasury and it was such a big governance, um, such a big governance initiative that was going to kick off, that when the board of directors was appointed, they seemed, you know, a little bit too bigwig. And I think that we needed somebody that was going to be a little bit more on the ground floor because the board of directors can't really govern the DAO. The people govern the DAO. But what they can do is have this kind of heavy hand guidance that helps steer the governance in the right direction. But because we started so high level with Dean and Yat and Alexis and Amy and Maria, um, I don't think we ever really kind of rolled up our sleeves and got our hands in deep enough on the community layer. So this new election of these board of directors for the three spots that are um, becoming available because the elected um, and appointed board of directors are stepping down, I think this is our chance to kind of go back in time a little bit, roll up our sleeves and get have that board get a little down and dirty, a little bit more brass tacks or blocking and tackling, if you will, so that they can actually set up the rails for the DAO governance to come in. And we know there's tons of issues and it, and it makes sense why there's a tons of issues. We had this huge treasury dropped into this DAO with this very high level board 
and this very kind of disconnected ground floor uh, AIP, uh, Ape Initiative Proposal governance strategy that was kind of running around disconnected with its head cut off, with its head way up here in the... Yeah, in the clouds with, like you said, you know, big wigs. And I think I, I think the people feel that, the, the ape community feel that they want more representation. Um, we heard from Board Ape G about his platform and some of his ideas to oper- operationalize the DAO and also align with the community. And, you know, this is up for vote as we speak. We're recording this on December 20th. On the 21st, the voting closes. And it's getting pretty interesting. You know, I'm looking at the results right now. We got Vera the Ape with 2.9 million ApeCoin votes, Decentraland with 1.8 Ms, and Board Ape G in the three spot with 1.6 Ms behind him. And then Jerry right there, right neck and neck with Board Ape G with 1.6 Ms of Ape. So, so good month. Okay, this is our chance, right? This is our chance to kind of get some more representation at the community level into the special council. When you look at the results where we're at with less about 24 hours left here in the voting, what do you think, man? What do you think about these candidates? What do you see? What are you worried about? What do you like to see and, and not? Yeah, I mean, we leave that up, uh, Hazy, if you could, just kind of looking at that list of, of people. We're, we're in a lot better shape than we were about 24 hours ago. But for the most part, we need to be able to get the, the, t- the three people that take these slots um, here need to, need to be uh, active in the community. And I, I have a little bit of... FUD to throw here. And I, I'm, oh, I'm a bit... You got FUD? You got I'm, FUD? I'm just a bit disappointed because this is how I... What I do when I hire people and I put them through the interview process, right? I always assume that they are performing at 150% in the interview, right? I always assume that when you bring somebody on, they're going to be doing two-thirds how they come off on the interview. So what does that mean? That means they better put their best damn foot forward in that interview. I better be given smoke, right? I better be told that they're doing X, Y, Z, that they have, you know, they're, they're going to bring the creme de la creme every single day and putting their best foot forward because I know my expectations are is that real life happens Right, and you're not performing as you perform in an interview every day. Hazy, can you pull that back up? When so you're we're saying, looking at those those names, you're, you're yeah. saying looking at these candidates right now, this is showtime, and they showtime. should be putting their best foot forward. This is the interview. They better you know, the, fucking sparkle. So whatever we see right now, you know, this might potentially be the best we're gonna see out of them. You know, yeah. because. You know, people, life happens, people fade. This is when the spotlight's on them. So what are you, let's dig into this. What are you getting at, Good Month? What are yeah, you getting at? You look at uh, Dedentraland and Vera the Ape are sitting at one and two on this list. Let's dig in. And I'm not going to bring any biased lens to this except proof of work. This is a candidacy for a spot on the board. 
you have submitted yourself as a nominee for this position. You have a time to run. There's a TTL on this, basically. Time to live, right? A time to live to be relevant. And you better be sprinting all the way to the end to make your candidacy relevant. So at the end of the day, man, it's like, it does come down to proof of work. That is what the chain is all about. That's what doing things in the DAO is all about. Now, I <clears throat> would have never ran for the board of ApeCoin. I, and the reason is, is because I didn't put enough time in the AIPs, right? I wasn't living on that ground floor. But what I'm asking of all people who hold ApeCoin is that you need to get out and vote and you need to understand in the arena of contribution that these candidates are putting forth. So when these candidates are running their, their campaign, they need to be putting their answers and their information in the discourse. That is where everything is going to be happening. And I don't think we're seeing that with the people who are leading with votes and it's disheartening. And it's disheartening because I don't think one of the largest reserves is going to make it if it doesn't have the right people steering it in the right direction. So basically, you're, you're saying that just looking at the actual proposal page and where the voting is taking place and, and the behavior and performance of the candidate in response to replies in that discourse is very telltale of kind of what to expect uh, from them moving forward as a candidate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, even if you hadn't participated in the ApeCoin DAO at all, but you decided to run for the board of directors here, then you need to be showing up every day and adding to your candidacy. You can't, if it's a two-week election, you can't be sitting on your ass and thinking you deserve it. You have to be outperforming every single damn day. It sounds like you, uh, somebody didn't pass your test good much. Not even like, close. <laughs> yeah. Pull it up. Yeah, Let's go to the top like of the you, votes. You reviewed their answers and you got a bunch of red lines to put through what you're seeing right now. So show us what, what, what's on your mind here. What are we looking at? Yeah, so if we look at number one in votes right now is Vera the Ape. Now, if we take proof of work into consideration and we go look, if we go into Vera the Ape's profile or her nomination, we can hover over her discourse ID. And when we hover over her discourse ID, we will see in her two-week candidacy, she has two responses. Two, two responses. What? So, so, so basically people are commenting, asking her questions, you know, in regards to her platform, what her plans are as part of the, potentially as part of the ApeCoin council. You're saying yep. this whole time she's only got two, she's only replied twice? She's only replied twice. And if, if the argument is that nobody's giving her enough questions, then shame on everyone. Everyone needs to be asking more questions. But regardless, she needs to be getting in there and asking for the feedback, asking for the questions. Hey, y'all, I have your number one vote right now. I have your number yeah. one vote. No one's asking me questions. What do you want? Yeah, she should be dancing around 
this page. She should yeah. be putting herself on display, explaining to people why she's the right person for the job. Yeah, it engagement farming. Where like, are the votes? Why are the like we need to do the on-chain sleuthing? Where are the votes coming from? I don't know. Yeah, how Let's the back F out. Did of... she get two point nine million ApeCoin votes, and she's barely even participating in this? What is going on? I know. What the heck? Now, There's too now, much at stake. There's over a billion dollars in this treasury, man. Yo, it Who? gets worse. It gets worse. Let's look at number two, Degentraland. Oh, DJ, I know this. I know this Afro man from two Twitter, posts you know? in his nomination. Two posts, and what's one of them? What's one of the posts? How much will you work for us? 80 to 90 hours a week is what he works, so he'll allocate 50%. Bullshit, Degentraland. You're not working 40 hours a week on the Dow. I don't expect anybody on this board to work on in the Dow. Just to kind of put some light into this, the people who are on the board today, they're accustomed to showing up to a meeting once a quarter. You just said you're going to work 40 hours a week for this Dow. You're bullshitting and you're bullshitting because you have two posts on your discourse the entire campaign. This is when you should sparkle MFR. Yeah, this this particular candidate, Degentraland, concerns me for a couple of reasons. One, you know, right now, uh, one of the current board members, Dean, you know, he's the founder, I believe, Horizon. of Horizon Labs. Right. Right. Horizon set up the ape staking. Um, we, you know, we're going to get into that a little bit, but. But but Degentraland is basically Dean's staff. I mean, he works for Dean. So, you know, like, is this what's happening here? I mean, he just says, he, I mean, he was like, he reaches out on, a, on someone's reply saying, thanks, I'm passionate. And also, most important, qualified. That's it. That's words. That's gaslighting, honestly. Now, let's pull up number third on the ranks, Board Ape G. Before we pull up Board Ape G, let me fud the de Degentraland a little. You said you were going to be unbiased. I don't have to be unbiased. <laughs> I can be biased, right? So, look, dude, this guy works for Dean. So is this what's happening? Like an inside handoff? Keep it in the family. Keep it on the team. Keep it at Horizon Labs. Let's just take a pause for a second and talk about Horizon Labs a little bit. Like, we got into the, the ape staking contract last week too bit and we looked at the actually we did this on a twitter space we looked at the audits and you found some things that were concerning first of all there was only one audit that was posted on the actual ape staking platform when you go there to stake your ape and you interact with your nft and your ape coin you want to make sure it's safe. You look for an audit. Usually the standard of practice, I would say, would be like two or three audits. In this case, there was only one. And you looked at that audit. What did you see when you looked at that audit? Yeah, I mean, that. so base, basically there was only one audit and it wasn't great. And it, it it's clear that they didn't have good proper test cases and they used audit to do a little bit of their QA testing. It looked like what an understaffed engineering firm would do. And it looked like they used their audit to take care of some dirty testing that they should have had buttoned up prior to going to the audit. Now, even if the audit, if the audit came out 50% better than what I saw, I'd still want a second one. 
So the fact that it came out as terrible as it did, and there weren't two audits, sloppy and sloppy. irresponsible. So basically, the the findings of the audit were findings that shouldn't shouldn't have made it past their internal QA. It shouldn't have. And I can give you an exact example. So one of the things in their audit was that they didn't test for when someone could claim zero. They tested for all the other integers except for zero, and that caused an issue. And that's something that needs to be defined when you write the spec, and it needs to be tested in your test cases. And it wasn't and because it got passed over the audit. There's also some other things that were um, that came up for dog owners, like dog owners could essentially uh, own, like claim all the ape rewards from ape holder or ape. Yeah, oh, man. So, so these, they just these are potentially yeah, catastrophic issue. Yeah, these yeah, are, and, these are, yeah. And anybody and anybody who's who wants to gaslight can say, well, yeah, but weren't they fixed? So we're good. It's like. Yeah, that's not how software exploit and bad actors work, you know? They like they will if it's that flawed, it's that much of a motivator because likely the attacker cost is lower than they think and they're going to attempt to exploit. So, I wasn't happy with the like if if I was putting a staking contract out and I got that code review back, I'd say we're delayed for six months. And the reason being is because I need to go get two more audits now. And I need to go like try to break this thing myself internally um, to make sure that I'm checking the boxes that the auditor will not report on. And I'm going to openly report on it. So we know that the work was sloppy. They didn't even do a second audit when those findings came back the way that they did. They did address them, uh, but also the, the the staking was delayed. So like, this is our experience with Horizon so far, okay? I'm sure that there's more to Horizon. I'm just saying, this is what we've seen so far. And now we're seeing what looks to be like an inside handoff to Decentraland. And of course, magically, he's got all of these votes and he has not been that you know active and responding in a way that shows that he really is trying even so this is concerning man so what do you what do you see next man what do you what, what's up with board ape g's he on I mean, there or what when we look at board ape g's activity he's third in line right we've just been going down the list board ape g was on our show last week he has 15 posts in the topic hazy go ahead and click on that and the proof is in the pudding. The dude, the dude is grinding, active and grinding. And all yeah. of his responses are in here, referencing things he's done in the past, things he's has plans for. He's not yeah, giving he up. Cares. He, he cares. He cares. He's in there. He's giving thoughtful. He's referencing detailed. Answers. referencing AIPs. He's talked about how he's already put in work on AIPs to improve. He's sharing screenshots from conversations on Twitter that he's had. It's remarkable. It's night and day. That there are two people that are packing votes above someone who's putting in this much effort. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care who you have been in your past. If you're showing up during a two-week election to campaign your ass off, then hats off to you. And another person who's campaigning their ass, their ass off is Jerry. Um, he had been rolling through DMs, helping people stake his ape. He'd been putting in the effort. He'd been putting in the time. He'd been putting in a lot of uh, good words in Twitter spaces and stuff. Like These are the type of people that need to represent the community on this board. So... Jerry, he has four posts on this topic, not quite as many as Board Ape G, but I know for a fact he's been all over Twitter and he's been um, helping people. But I don't want to call in Twitter too much here because, you know, that is not where this is going down. This is going down on the discourse. And, yeah. you know, even Jerry's a little light here. So I think on the on the barometer that I have been judging Desgentraland and Vera the Ape, you know, Jerry hasn't been really hitting his discourse as hard either. So you got to call it out. Like this is, this is where you got to be in the arena. And I think, you know, right after this, I'm going to pop in that discourse and start asking questions and start actually figuring out whether people are active or not, because people are about to get rugged on the people they're voting for. Yeah. You know, it looks like to me, like, you know, we're going to have to be the critical ones here. This is a critical time. As far as representation, you know, my goal is just simply to have a voice, you know, when it comes to the, these these bonds and these moves and just representation of the community, because like I constantly am interacting with the community, trying to get a pulse for what's going on and what, you know, what people think is is the right next steps and just want to have, you know, a way to make sure that that's heard. I think that's the whole point of this council. And I don't think we've seen that so far. Right. Um, and you know why it's important? Like, you know why this council is important is because they're governing over an ape coin, the coin for the metaverse. That's the vision. That's the dream for this thing. And just this past week, you know, we're like 10 days deep now, I guess. We all, you know, had the opportunity to stake our ape coin to yield more ape coin. And it's not a common staking mechanism. The people who've been in DeFi since 2016, they've had plenty of opportunities to stake coins to yield more coins. Very rarely. Before we get into the staking, though, let me ask you another question. Because I yep. want to talk about staking at length. And uh, but I'm kind of confused. Um, that's why you're here. Uh, to help answer my questions uh, and we can share these answers with the community. I've seen some FUD. I've seen a little bit of FUD about the Cartan group. Mm, you've seen some FUD. I saw, I saw an AIP. Basically, they were saying yeah. that $150,000 yeah. was not enough. And yeah. they're asking this one's for bad. $250,000 a month a plus... Month. plus 20,000 ape coins. So that's like an additional, you know, 60, 70, $80,000 a month. What is the Cartan group? What are they doing here? And what are they doing that's so important that it, they want $330,000 a month to do it? 
Yeah, this AIP is crucial and it needs to fail. Um, I'll publicly stand against it because uh, BC from Cartan got up on Twitter Spaces, was you know self admitted that he he was a couple vodkas in on the night, and he was talking about the things he was that that the things that they do, and it was smug. It was it was smug as hell because he was gaslighting people on the call. He was basically saying because of his background, because of their credentials, because of their license, you know, telling people that they're not allowed to fuck around. So they never would fuck around and telling people that they, you know, they keep their professional and personal degen sides completely separate. It was totally two faced, right? It was, it was not transparent. It was secretive. It was um, belittling the way that uh, BC from Cartan and his, his, you know, he has a CTO called, his name's Brian, I think. Um, but the way that this character was talking on Twitter spaces was belittling to everybody that was there explaining when things. When was this? This was uh, Sunday night, I think. Oh. Yeah. The Twitter spaces strikes again. Dude, it's so just, informative. Yeah, it was it was just extremely smug. You know, imagine somebody saying, like, imagine somebody telling you that they have all the credentials and all the experience and everything that they've had success in their past life and why it's just like a no-brainer they're qualified, and then just getting on to pontificating what needs to change and how they're gonna do the things without even giving, without leaving any room to to question you know their motives without leaving any room to question why they're standing up to do this like the motivations of this of this group isn't clear and i think but one wait, of the things wait, wait a second so <clears throat> what is cartan group supposed to be doing so what they've done so far in the dow is they've like set up the google workspace they've set up the permission controls the operations the admins all they've been is an admin to run the the treasury. And that is not something that we should get in the, we should not get in the habit of being extorted to keep them on board and pay more. Like they need to be able to show and prove um, that they can transition. They need to be able to show that if somebody else comes on to take on the job, there's a smooth handoff, there's a smooth transition, and somebody should be able to do it for the same cost, if not a little bit less than what they have set out to do. But coming back and basically printing themselves a renewal contract with an upsell and not explaining why their operation costs are going up, even if they just pointed to inflation and put the math out there, they didn't. They're just saying that, you know, they did X, Y, Z, they quoted X, they ended up putting more of their capital in for Y, and now they need more money to continue on their services. It's not, it's, it's not as black and white as they're making it feel, right? Yeah, and that's a considerable amount like, of funds. Read the AIP, uh, go through the AIP, read it. It doesn't say, it doesn't break down why that extra 250 or why the extra, is it 100,000? 
why the extra hundred thousand yep. a month is needed. There's Plus nowhere in that K of eighth. There's no, nowhere nowhere in that AIP does it say how that hundred K is going to be allocated differently. It doesn't even say that that hundred K is going to make up for costs that they overspent in the year. It doesn't say any of that. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't um, say anything. And that's as but, smug as that MFer showed up on Twitter Spaces talking to everybody like he just deserved to be there and deserves to walk in there with the experience that they have and deserves to print more money. Okay, well, there is a link to a more detailed... Uh, and this is the same MFer, honestly, dude, if you had him on the show, if you had that guy on the show... He would do a, like a little smug laughter, like okay, like you just don't get it. I'm not, I'm not here to be talked to like this, you know. He he would just like totally try to gaslight his his way all the way through it. Well, basically, the community is not happy with it because it's currently at a seventy five percent to twenty five percent in favor of no to this uh, proposal, which so is new. Which is new. This was about to pass. Oh, they also did. They also did a bit of shady voting. They, um, there was a late snapshot on a particular AIP, uh, and they somehow it's pretty clear they had to know about it. So they knew about it and were able to game that snapshot. See, this is dangerous, man. This is yes, sir. And and most people don't really know that this is happening. and, and they don't think about how this is going to affect the future, but we're looking at this and what we see is some red flags. Um, so we'll follow this. Uh, looks like this is leading towards not passing. So, okay, well, we'll see how this uh, council vote goes. It's going to end tomorrow. Next time we record, uh, we will have a new you know council elected, at least three members. Um, that brings us to ape staking, which is what I'm really interested to talk about because that's a big deal with what's going on. You know, people always talk about NFT utility. What are the utilities of NFTs? Well, most people say community. There's other things, merch, uh, uh, IRL events, and a lot more to be developed in times to come. But in my mind, like the biggest thing was the opportunity to get some uh, DeFi action, some staking. And we have right. an opportunity in front of us with ApeCoin. There's a big old treasury. We're going to be distributing the ApeCoin to holders that are staking their Ape with either the use of a board Ape or a mutant Ape or in combination with a dog. These allow you to stake different amounts of Ape. And then there's an Ape-only pool. Uh, which doesn't require any NFTs, just requires ape. And these are, you know, giving us some pretty decent APYs at the moment. And people in the community, though, seems like they're kind of shook and they're worried and they think this is just going to fall apart and the rug is going to get pulled out from under ApeCoin or something. I mean, what's your take? Yeah, I'm incredibly bullish, and I, I think the price trajectory of Ape over these last 10 days is doing exactly what I anticipated. I think I told you I, you know, I had to be prepared for Ape to be at about $3.30 um, seven days after staking, and that's because that's when we'll probably really like understand our bottom, and we did. We hit like 334, and now we're back up to like 350. Uh, I'm 
I'm bullish on this scenario because it's very it's very rare that staking and just for people listening who may not know what staking is, it's no different than depositing. It's it's the same action of depositing something to get a return, much like you in the old days could deposit your USD into a bank and it would actually return money back to you. You remember that was a little funny thing that our uh, our parents told us would happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wah, wah, they wah. used to be able to gain interest <laughs> off of your cash. Yeah. That's right. So that was, you know, gaining interest is why someone would stake. So this is it's very rare in crypto when you get a staking opportunity where there are enough sinks. Um, when I say the word sinks, I'm talking use cases. Uh, when I say use cases, I'm talking utility. There's enough sinks around the utility of the coin that create uh, scarcity, which um, drives hold pressure and also could drive buy pressure. Because in without enough sinks, staking is usually, you know, deposit something to get more of something and then everyone goes and sells their thing um, and and then it creates a crater in price. But the reason why I'm bullish on ape staking is because the hold pressure that the culture technically uh, kind of uh, infuses into, into the holders. Uh, hold pressure? Hold pressure. So is this a term you're making up? Yeah. I am. Yeah. yeah. I made it. There he goes. There he goes. <laughs> he slides in hold pressure. Just like this is something that like, you know, this is the, the terminology in the space, but no, right. he's made it up. What do you mean by that? So everybody talks about buy pressure and sell pressure. Uh, when you go to stake your ape coin, you're going to get ape coin in return. And everybody assumes that people's psychology will work the, the same way, which is you put something in, you get something out, you take that extra output and you convert it to cash or convert it to ETH. And therefore everybody's doing that at the same time. And that creates a disproportionate amount of sell pressure. There is no buy pressure to support all that sell pressure. So the price will continue to go as low as it possibly can until it reaches a point where it can't go any lower. That so is me, the traditional thinking of staking and buy and sell pressure. So let me hold that thought, right? <clears throat> so this is kind of what I mean when I say that people are shook. Everybody seems to think that the staking rewards are going to get liquidated and that's going to create sell pressure. And eventually this just going to keep pushing ape down and they're worried about you know, riding that ape coin down. And oh, look, I get it. There's been a lot of coins that we've seen fail, drag down towards zero, become next to worthless, if not worthless. So people are traumatized by this and they're worried. And you, for some reason, don't seem as worried. And you're saying that that's because of hold pressure? Yeah. Because I've been sitting on these apes for over 20 months. And as the market, like I've been sitting on the, the NFTs of the, not the coin, but sitting on these NFTs of these apes for over 20 months. And when you sit in a macro market like this of, of pure confusion and just an immense amount of bear market, <clears throat> but volume, 
is still popping off on these NFTs at 1500x what I bought them for, you realize like this group of holders, it's been the bet from the beginning and everybody forgets it. But the reason why Board Ape Yacht Club took off like it did is because the group of holders have this connection. There's this online community that they rather fucking go broke than be without an ape. And you can't fade that. So <clears throat> that type of holder mentality, that psychology is going to proliferate into people who hold mutants, into people who hold dogs, and into people who hold ape coin. We have been bred throughout this generation to not be caught with your pants down when upside is upon you. You aren't saving for retirement if you're a millennial or you're a Gen Z. You're not thinking about saving for retirement. You're thinking about getting out ahead of as many bets as you can to hit it big before the word retirement ever crosses your motherfucking <laughs> brain. Yeah, if you are a millennial or a Gen Z person, you're expecting yourself to hustle and grind and have 10 M's in pocket before the age of 50. That's what you're playing for. And every single person who owns a monkey, a mutant, a dog, whatever the fuck it is within Yuga Labs, every single person who's holding one of those things is holding because they don't want to miss on the next big wave. Guess what? The next big wave may not ever come, but it will only because these holders won't, won't let it go and they won't fade it from not coming. Yeah. And so also like when we think about ApeCoin, it's been around for a while now. It, you know, it, it basically was uh, launched in like the end of the bull, right? End of and the bull. It signaled the end of the bull. It signaled the end of the bull. It had a big rally leading into the other side land drop because that was the main utility, the main sink that was uh, announced right away. And there was a lot of FOMO around the other other deeds drop around that mint and people needed ApeCoin in order to do it. So of course it ramped up to hit all time high, I think close to like $27. And then, you know, pretty much dove down after that. And now it's just been consolidating for a while in the Pico Bear. Just Pico Bear! Grinding, just surviving. And it kind of seems like, I don't know, I don't know if I should say it, but it kind of seems like the paper hands are out. Are Dude, the paper hands out? The paper hands are shook. You can't think how long, like, and Hazy B just corrected us. So March 17th was the ape claim, St. Patty's Day. I forgot it was actually March. It always felt like April. Thanks for that that correction. But the, the paper hands are shaking out, and I'm going to say something like just, I'm going to say it. Like, FTX is shaking out. Like, the That's fucking, right. like, That's right. Luna got shook out. Mm. Celsius got shook out. Voyager got shook out. Like, the people that that were leveraged at the tip to run it, at the tip, to, to chasing the windfall to freaking go God mode. What they were betting on, they were betting on that this bull was going to last six months longer than it did and they were going to achieve God mode. 
and they got shaken out. If institutional players at that high stakes level get shaken out, what do you think the paper hand retail investor does? They're gone they're, long time ago. They're dust. This is a good point, man. This is they're perma wrecked. Okay. We've been through insane amounts of events in the marketplace that cause sell pressure time and time again. Sell pressure, sell pressure, you know, get away from margin trading, get those leverages back under pocket, under pocket, get, get in control of your funds before it goes to zero. The amount of FUD that's reverberated through the space is literally more than anyone could have imagined. And yet ApeCoin has survived. And now we're looking at this staking opportunity. And look, man. You think, looking, you think if FTX had $8 billion in ApeCoin, you think they'd be staking right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely would be staking. There's no question about it. If man. FTX had $8 billion worth of ApeCoin, they could be staking and paying back their customers <laughs> and making money. Well, here's the thing, dude. Right now, the ape only pool, and you know, the more people that utilize the pool and the more ape that gets staked, the APY, you know, conversely goes down. So it's at 152%. And then the bake, make, and kennel club are all over 200% in like the 230, 240 range. Um, I'm not fading that, man. Obviously, like, you know, there's this kind of PVP thing when it comes to staking and you got to watch out, see what the whales are going to do and this kind of thing. But this just got started. But we know the whales. That's, that's the thing. Like, that's what people, I just don't think they understand about ape staking. It's like, you know the whales. You know the holders. When you buy an Apple share, when you buy a Google share, when you buy an Amazon share, you don't know the holders. You don't know the distribution. You don't know when people are going to dump. You don't. We fucking know our holders. We know who owns the ape. We know their community reputation. We know that they rather die than be seen as a fucking paper, paper. bag. <laughs> That's right, dude. That's the take. You know, people who made it this far, who held their apes, who are here ready to stake, they're not going to paper hand right now. This they're is not going to paper hand. This is the Pico bottom. This is the, the Pico bottom. You're not doing nothing. You know what I'm doing right now? A little bit of just insight into my life. Do you know my family? We roll off one car. You know I need two cars? Am I buying a car right now? When everyone's dumping their overvalued, no good used loan, 2020, 2021 car that they can't even afford? You think I'm going to be exit liquidity? for a second car i ride my bike mother ride your bike and stake your ape dude this is alpha this is fucking alpha for sure so i, I love to see it i'm with you on this like you know imagine coming this far and not participating in this now the other say it again here, imagine coming this far and missing out Imagine 
being airdropped 86,000 ape coin, selling it at the top of $22, packing that bag for the coldest winter known to mankind, riding your bike to every damn location you need to go just to enter back into the ape coin at 388 to stake and make it back. Yeah, and then there's this other X factor, which is the fact that Gordon Goner and Garga. I, I just put it together, just you saying Gordon Goner right now. That hit the initials are GG. GG. He went on a Twitter Spaces. I think it was on Farouk's Twitter Space like a couple months ago. Maybe it was in early November or something. And people wanted to hear. Yeah, people wanted to hear from them and like, what are the next steps? And they they alluded to the fact that at the kind of turn of the year here, we're going to be experiencing the next steps and something about the trial of Jimmy the monkey is coming. There was a post on Twitter from their main account that showed some kind of mysterious box looks like in the hands of some mysterious ape. So there's speculation that there's an announcement coming. We don't know what it is. You know, most likely we gonna do like... know there's an announcement coming. We do know it's Christmas Day, which I'm I was pissed about. I, I don't Wait, want we to... know that. We know that it's Christmas it's on Day. Christmas Day. Yeah. Oh, is that when that like treasure box thing is going to be? We know it opened. Yeah. So so here's this is Christmas is a make or break day. Because if you're asking for our attention on Christmas, it better entertain the family. Ooh, that's a good point. That's it, a- if you're asking, do you know how many, how many, and I'm sorry to say it is mainly male in our crypto Twitter world. Do you know how many partners are going to be mad at him on Christmas Day? Because they're going to be sitting around waiting for this thing. Well, I think the the point that you're making is, after all this time, if you're going to make your announcement on Christmas, that thing better be a motherfucking Christmas gift to remember. That thing better be a studio level cross platform movie that the whole fam is sitting down and watching on Hulu. On Apple TV, on Netflix, on Vimeo. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. So, you know, with this in mind, like, imagine coming this far and then paper handing before Christmas. No fucking way. No way. No way. I would rather die than not be in position. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you said, bro. It's jockeying. We're all jockeying for that spot just to live another day. Like, just to live another day. There, imagine, like, my mind, honestly, I think this is going to be, I think there's going to be a movie. I think it's going to be able to, to, to in, entertain a family. I think there's going to be consequences for assets within the collection. And I do think, you know, given the regulatory situation, you know, there's not going to be like explicit discussion about ApeCoin 
Um, but we've seen from past announcement announcements, if it's, you know, if it's bullish for Yuga or it's bullish for other side, which we got to keep in mind that like, we still don't know what a coda is. We still haven't kind of taken the next steps of the voyage of the other deeds and this kind of stuff. Um, and, but anything that's bullish in regards to that, usually we, we do see some appreciation in ApeCoin value, not financial advice, not financial advice, but because of the staking, because of the locked up supply, ApeCoin does trade pretty thin and it doesn't take a whole heck of a lot to push it up or send it down. You know, it did have a fast drop when staking started from over four bucks down to three and some change. And, you know, people took that. And let's see if there's anything to come on the upside here. So, you know, with that, I, I think we we dug into the, the ApeCoin Council, uh, some of the concerns that we have about what's going on with these votes. I mean, look, people, we need to like watch this stuff. We need to keep an eye on this because this is going to be important in the next steps of, of the ecosystem here. We talked about ape staking. Um, it's look, I'm really did just you miss, excited to participate. Did you miss, did you miss uh, who the new CEO of Yuga Labs is? I didn't miss it, but I did fail to bring it up today. So let's just talk about that for a second. So our guy, he came from Blizzard, the COO and president of Blizzard. I believe his name is Daniel Allegri, Allegrin or something. Yeah. Allegri, yeah. Allegri. What's definitely, your take? definitely brought in a you know a AAA studio gaming exec. Um, I mean, my take is this has to be heavy handed by Animoca. I think this is an investor placement. I don't see Nicole Munez. Um, you know, I I checked her LinkedIn. It now says leadership team. So she stepped away from the CEO title, whether it was her decision or whether it was her decision or whether she was asked to, I think she's supportive, right? And of, of the decision, but, um, I mean, I think that he's, you know, I mean, he's gotta be more qualified than her. I mean, just for based on the experience at Blizzard, right? And being the COO and president of a gaming company that does seem like a higher level of qualification from my understanding. I mean, Well, think? I think it's important with them buying WeNew too. Like with them buying WeNew um, productions, right? They bought a production company. They'll have a gaming company. I'm going to say it. That's I'm, I'm going to say it. Right? I've said that's it for 10... the... Yeah, 10KTF is mm -hmm. WeNew runs that. But Beeple is also a co-founder in WeNew, along with Guy Siri, who's also at Yuga. Um, it's a little hard to tell how how involved Guy Siri still is with Yuga Labs. I hope he still stays involved on the cultural side. Um, but... I'm going to say something I, I've, I always hold back from saying. Because there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, the Marvel of this, the Disney of this. Yuga Labs is going to be the Disney of our child's generation. There's, 
there's no doubt about it. You just don't have one Mickey Mouse. You have 10,000 Mickey Mouses. So the Disney effect, in my opinion, it's in full effect. With the fact they they bought We Knew, it's Pixar. The The fact that they are building, you know, they have their new CEO of Yuga Labs is Activision, has Activision roots, and they're building a metaverse. Well, guess what? That's Disneyland in Disney World. It's just not physical anymore. It's digital. And because it's not physical, and because we're in the year 2022, about to go into 2023, and we can actually scale digitally across a new generation whose behavioral consumption also wants to consume digitally. Like, I think Yuga Labs gets to the size of Disney in about a decade's time. I always get my best tweets from your takes, baby. It's going go. out right now. At facts underscore ETH with my guy <laughs> at good month ETH. We knew is our Pixar. Other side is our Disneyland. Apes are our Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Never fade the NFT podcast. That's Thanks to our producer. I know. Fox has a problem with the nostrils. They just got the nose. Let it go. Yeah. Well, Dex is a chat. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. RP got that heartbeat. Bridge built to the swamp, now the apes are barking. Picking up bananas like you ever heard a cat laughing. They on time sweeping. What's left? Got a red disease, call it out of weight. Headed down from the treehouse with a floor.